Hey, and welcome to the latest issue of the Three Old Geeks podcast. I am joined once again by the crew of the Three OG, the evil genius, the keeper of the intersectum, the numbers guy, and the captain of the ship, Keith of Keith's Comics. Keith, how are you? We're crashing. We're crashing big time. Well, this is one of those tragic... Uh, or uh, horror sci-fi things, so yeah, of course the ship's going to go, and the, the captains are always incompetent in that, so that's why I kind of gave you that title. Wow, thanks. And of course the first officer, the man who's always wrong, and with the hole in his collection, the dirty old geek, the pictures the guy, and the clown prince of collecting. Brian needs one, Brian, how are you? I'm like the Riker of this ship. <laughs> so good looking, but ineffectual. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, of course, am Lance. I am the world's oldest kid sidekick. I am the words guy. I am the... Engineer. Plucky engineer. You all got to. Or the science guy. Wanted... I've got to have more time, Captain. You cannot do it. And... What's it? Was he... <laughs> that was so good. Until you ran out of words. Uh, the I... word guy ran out of words. <laughs> I, well, I was forget it was like, well, the, the how do you expect to be a miracle, the, that great one when he came in in Next Generation, where he's like, how do you expect to be a miracle worker if, if you're telling them the exact time? Anyways. <laughs> the longest intro ever. Keep watching the skies. Welcome to another issue. All right, well, we were remiss, or specifically Brian was remiss last week, and he said that there was no deaths, and we... Kind of missed a big one in uh, in Richard Donner. Who? Ooh. Well, that was my news. That was all I had. Okay. Well, you <laughs> no, know. No, I have two things. I have another But, um, no, seriously, like, I, I talk about the guy who directed the first two superhero movies where I thought, uh, like, literally, you know, not to uh, beat a dead horse or whatever, but I thought a man could fly because those, those original Superman movies with Christopher Reeve were freaking fantastic. Unbelievable. And a man could reverse time. That was the stupid. Well, the, it was the first. Okay, movie. dude, seriously, was that the su- the first movie with a superhero battle in it, like super superhero versus supervillain? That's the first one I can remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah probably. You know, was he? He wasn't fighting movie. cattle rustlers or whatever. Shazam fought all the time. Yeah. All right. Well, my other bit of news is that uh, they recast uh, Mira for the next Aquaman movie, and it's Amelia Clark. You know what? They had hired her. And there were rumors swirling around that uh, Amber Heard was out. Um, Yeah. But nobody had conferred it. Nobody confirmed it. So Khaleesi Um, and Drago get back together again. I'm not... um, Oh, I didn't even... Dude, until you just said that, I did not even put that together. That's actually... Wow! That's That's why I'm the captain. (laughs) Wow! That was great. That sounded so kind of sad. Yeah, I great. am so good at that. You're so smart. Uh, <laughs> and handsome. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of Amelia Clark, so I'm not. Her comic comes out this week. Yeah, so not going to buy it. That's not going to happen. Uh, I'm not even interested. Not even. All right, so what, what did you have any name? You know, outside of uh, a moment of silence for Richard Donner, who was a great friend to the... Uh, to the comic book community, uh, and wrote that run on Superman. Yeah, oh, well, uh, illustrated by John Romita Jr. I think he was down in Metropolis for Superman Days a couple times. But. Yeah, he he was a big fan uh, and fought hard to make the movie that, that he wanted to make. So I, 
the other is uh, the other buzz around the web, and I'm not sure how I feel about it. Is the uh, the upcoming release of I Am Not Starfire, which is the young adult graphic novel. Okay. Um, not great buzz. I saw an ad in a comic, and it was sort of like. Starfire, and then it was like the opposite of a mirror, and it was kind of a a, a bigger gal type of a thing. And that's I her just... daughter. Okay. So it's really it's about um, Starfire's daughter. Who uh, is that? Dick Grayson's daughter too. They don't say. Okay. Um, I, I think genetically. Well, she doesn't have powers, I guess, and uh, she's not perfect like Starfire. And what would it be like to be Starfire's daughter? It is not a book that grabs me. It's the young adult, which... Um, which most of them don't read comics anyway. I was going to say, there, there isn't... <clears throat> everybody freaks out on these, and I wish they would stop. If you just stopped, they would die on the vine, is really what it is. The, the reason that they, they... People pick them up to find out what you're talking about. Yeah, is to find out what you hate about them, and what you hate about it, you haven't even read it yet. So, uh, I'm getting a little tired <clears throat> of people who haven't read a book completely slamming it based on nothing um and these are young adult books they're not part of canon they're not part of any universe they're their own little stories let them exist and if people want to uh read them they're going to read it and go this isn't the starfire from teen titans go which is where most people will know her from the young adults who are yeah reading it would yeah yeah and and if they've read the comics they're just not even going to pay attention to it so all right, so you got uh, you got birthdays for this uh, this week then. I do, I do. Uh, on the twelfth, one of my personal favorites and a really nice guy. I spent a while talking to him. He's a really nice guy. Uh, on the twelfth was Phil Jimenez. The thirteenth, Mike Plug, oh. and the great inker Tom Palmer. The Tom, four- Tom Palmer could make my art look good. Yeah, he's unbelievable. But again, one of those that. Uh, that will completely take over an art style. And yep. so he's good on people who match his... Yeah. Yeah, but he's also underrated. He's way underrated. He's phenomenal. Uh, one of the greatest. Uh, on the 14th, William Hanna of Hanna and Barbera. Uh, 715, Jack Abel, another great inker. And the 17th was J. Michael Straczynski. Oh. Yeah, so that's a big one. Um, so a few really good ones there. Happy birthday. <laughs> We're done with news. <laughs> Alright, so for this week's edition of the world-famous Three Old Geeks Top 3 list, with 15 minutes on the timer, gentlemen, what are your top three favorite horror sci-fi stories? And go! What I think is going to be great about this is I think that we're going to end up having more of a discussion of, is that horror sci-fi? Yeah, the definition. I was, well, yeah. let's put it this way. My interpretation of horror sci-fi is something with a monster in it that is more scientific-based than supernatural. It, okay. It's, it's, it's stuff that Lance doesn't want to watch. Okay, got it. <laughs> well, no. And, then no, no. We, and we had the argument, are, is there low-hanging fruit in this? Because there's a couple that I think are going to be on all three of our lists. But, anyways, um, I have, I'll start off. I have sung the praises of this film before, because I am a huge fan of 50s sci-fi. 
but the king of all atomic mutation 50 sci-fi movies to me is them with the giant killer ants james arness james whitmore edmund gwynn it's a really, it's a grounded sci-fi movie. It's, there's, there's, you think, oh, go, something, you know, a giant, you know, killer Anson or something would be goofy. It's played uh, super serious at every turn. It's a Warner Brothers movie. Super fun. And that's my number three. Okay, I'm going to do, uh, for my number three, I've got two of these that I've lanced. Okay. So, oh, Jesus. I know. One, just because of the fond place it holds in my heart, which is Saturn Three. Okay. Okay. Kirk Douglas, Farrah Fawcett. Yes. Farrah Fawcett, topless, as I seem to recall. Uh, her first topless scene. Okay. Um, but that's not why he likes it. No, I love it for the story. Big ro- <laughs> the big robot. Uh, I think anytime we can bring attention to Farrah Fawcett, you should. Okay. Uh, just as geeks, we should always do that. As geeks. The other one, just because it was so beautifully filmed, it wasn't a great movie, though it was interesting to me. Uh, but again, it was so beautifully filmed, uh, and that's the cell with um, Vincent D'Onofrio and um, J Lo. J Lo. I don't think I've ever, I've heard of that one. I think I've seen it, but it doesn't. Isn't, I... isn't D'Onofrio like a serial yes, killer? Yes, a serial killer, and she, through this machine thing, uh, can go into his head. And she's actually trying to help him, but every time she goes into his head, it is just fucking twisted. Okay. But it it, again, the costumes, the filming, the it's just. I remember being beautiful, but I don't remember. The story's not stunning. Okay. It's not a a great movie. It's one of those movies that it's probably better if you watch it with the sound off. Those are my favorite movies. Since I don't watch movies, I listen to them. Yeah. So that's going to work really good with me. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's just beautiful. Go. Okay. I'm going to go. I'm going to do a Lance too. Because, <gasps> you, know, you know, why wouldn't I? <laughs> why wouldn't you take it, man? If Lance gives you the opportunity, it, take it. Uh, my, my first number three, <laughs> which some people would say was number four, but I, is. Uh, a little movie about space vampires. Life Force. Love that movie. <laughs> There's a movie about space vampires that I am not aware yeah. of? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I've never heard of this movie. Are you fucking uh, kidding me? No. No. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> no. Are you, okay, apparently I'm missing out on it, something it, here. It, it came out in the late 80s. Yes. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it's basically they, they, they find this girl on a ship, and she's... One of the greatest sets of breasts in Hollywood history. Okay, I, that's what I, you liked it for. So, uh, <laughs> and, and she basically sucks the life force out of people. I, I'm um, not sure what's going on. It, it, who's the lead actor in that? I don't remember. Oh, I'm going to have Again, I... Because I, I like him. I don't do all the research you guys go. I go, what's my favorite horror sci-fi movie? Oh, hey, I like Life Force. I like him as an actor. I, I, I really, I think sh- he's great. I really should do a little bit more research, but you know, uh, laziness. Uh, Damien Lewis, could be, yeah. And then my second Lance number three. Uh, <laughs> you don't do this Lance thing well. I don't. I don't get it. Mm, that might not be right. Okay. Not that that's a TV series. Never mind. No, Steve Rails back. Oh, okay. Wait, he was just in something else. We I watched. Steve Rails back. Okay. I like him as an actor. Oh, okay. He's kind of a Christopher Lambert. 
There's not a lot of acting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but whatever he's doing, he's doing it well. So, all right, Keith, what's your second uh, my number second three? Second number three uh, is a little James Gunn film. What? I know where you're going with this. Do you? I do. Oh, Slither. Yes. Fucking fun. It's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a fun horror sci-fi movie. <laughs> Again, I've never heard of this uh, one. Starring Nathan Fillion, Michael Rooker, uh, Elizabeth <laughs> Banks, I believe, is the yeah. main girl in it. Yeah. I'll, I'll bring it I in. I, believe. Man, believe this or not, I have it on DVD. <laughs> really? Do tell. <laughs> I, it's a really fun little movie. Uh, I, I'm I'm stunned that you haven't seen these. He doesn't like horror. He's not a big horror. Oh, guy, that's dude. right. It, it, but it, these it, are still sci-fi. It, it, it's horror esque. It, it isn't over the top gross. Although Michael Rooker gets a little yeah. throaty at the end, but uh, it's a really fun movie. I'm my picks this week are going to be stuff that. People, obviously Lance, haven't heard of or seen. So so far, I'm batting a thousand. All right. Um, well, again, I'm trying to avoid low-hanging fruit here, but Don't. this is the great-grandfather of low-hanging fruit. Uh, and I've, again, sung, this, sung its praises previously, but uh, Carpenter did the thing, but in the 50s, they did the thing from another world. Yes, they did. And... Uh, it is possibly the greatest 50 sci-fi movie ever. Uh, you've got uh, guys out in the Antarctic or the Arctic uh, who discover a UFO. It's like the same premise. Uh, it's all based off of a book called Who Goes There by Conrad, I think. Yes. And um, you've got an alien going around and and killing people. Uh, he's a big vegetable in this one. He doesn't change shape. Carrot. Yeah. He's a big. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, carrot essentially, uh, and there's a great um, distrust of science in this because the, of course, the scientists are trying to be the '50s. Oh well, we can communicate with it, and it's killing everybody. So yeah. the army steps in and takes care of business as the armies want to do in a 1950s uh, sci-fi movie. Yes, and, and that, that's the one thing when I mean, you compare horror back then to horror now. Yes, <laughs> it's like years and again. Old. <laughs> yeah, but but, but yeah. I mean, it's it's more yeah, it's more suspenseful, and and they did so much more with music back then too, with with the like this has got yeah. theremin score yeah. Yeah. and yeah, uh, yeah. Exactly. and and again, I'm interpreting this as you know horror being a monster movie. Oh yeah, which, you know back this then, is a, this back is a then it was definitely movie. a horror film. Not today, kids can watch it. But. And I am going to throw out one of the. Um, one of the more charming aspects of the new Marvel series, Loki, is their stunning use of the theremin. And yes. being the and being a, a I want the soundtrack music in movies guy. I didn't even pick up on that. Like yeah, I, that's yeah. I, I'm so lost on that the, series that I, I'm not I, even I paying actually, attention. I actually to that. dig the music from it too. I uh, yeah, I am a huge theremin fan, and uh, there was a woman who did classical theremin. Oh, and they I'll have to pay more attention to that. Yeah. So. What is your number two? Uh, my it, number two no, is, again, you know what? I'm, I'm going to say that my number two Lances, uh, it's a Lance, but um, one is great sci-fi skirt horror, and the other one uh, is great horror skirt <laughs> sci-fi. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> well, so the get, first one. As long as you get nailed down like Yeah, that. the first one, and I've seen this movie now, uh, I don't even know how many times. I, I really do like it. Uh, it's a guilty pleasure. Starship Troopers. Yeah, I actually had that on my my list to begin with. 
Yes, it's. It, it, does it got? It's got monsters in it. Well, yeah. I'd say if them counts. Well, <laughs> no, 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 exactly. No, you're exactly correct. Gi- giant, 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 it's giant bugs. bugs yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but again, skirts horror yeah, yeah, yeah. is sci-fi. Oh, yes. Uh, but um, Denise Richards, Dina Meyer. Um, I don't even remember the guy who plays uh, Johnny Rocket. Casper Van Dien. Casper Van Dien. Uh, who, by Michael the way, Ironsides in the best like all sergeant yeah. role ever. Yeah, you, he just fucking nails it. But I like Casper too. I, I really do. And Doogie Hauser's in there too. And the, yeah, Doogie Hauser plays the <laughs> SS guy. The yeah, <laughs> he's the Nazi, the brain Nazi. Yeah, the brain guy. Uh, and the other one is uh, is relatively new, but I love it, and that's Cloverfield, which is Aliens. Yes, uh, yes, sir. no. I, that's a, that's I mean, a big monster movie. That's it's a big one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do love the you little the parasite horrible. things that jump off when it that are when they're in a little tunnel and they're coming at them. Yeah, yeah. One I, of the first found, like like first and best found footage type. Uh, yes. Horror. Well, well Blair, Blair Witch was many Blair Witch years was, before. Uh, yeah. and there's a lot that that came it in does, between, but not good. Yeah, Cloverfield does use the shaky cam version. Uh, but yeah, he does it really, really well. Uh, it yeah. gives you a really good reason to have the camera there, and that's what I look. No, for and that's footage. actually that's why I think it's a good found, well done found footage because there's a reason for yes. it. It's not just like you had made a you know on one of these. It was somebody running down the street with a, their laptop. Paranormal Activity Seven, yeah. you know, where she's running across the street with her laptop to see the abandoned home across the what? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I uh, I wanted that camera because the battery lasts forever on that thing. Yeah, it was fucking great. Wasn't it? The, the phone batteries died, but the, the camera battery with the light on still yeah. going. I'm like, still going. I'm like every time I turn the light on my video camera, it was like, oh, you got six minutes. Yeah, 14 <laughs> seconds later, it was fine. I'd get 30 minutes of film time, turn on the light, and it was 30 seconds. What? All right, but, Keith, what's your number uh, two? My number two uh, is a little uh, film that you guys probably watch, but uh, it's uh, Critters. Yes, little fur balls from from space. Kind of the kind of a B movie version of like Gremlins, as I recall. Yeah, except they were eating people. Yeah, and don't, don't, don't they like roll up and then like they shoot spikes out of their heads or something like? Am I or am I confusing I them with something? That. I don't remember spikes. I remember the but little. They're, they're, they're more or less hunters coming to capture them. Space aliens coming, and uh, of course they failed horribly, and the, the regular people had <laughs> had to save them. Yeah, and. Uh, I, I don't know any actors. I apologize, but I I, I remember seeing the, it in the theater. They were like puppets. Weren't yeah, they? yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, they were little yeah. puppets. It, it, uh, and I I would be shocked if there was it, somebody of any note in it. They were really well done. Uh, what was that horror one we watched? The Hob- Hobgoblins. Yeah, it was, it was, it, they were really well done Hobgoblins. Yes. So, yeah. yeah, it yeah. was much it, better. It was it was a fun little flick. I, I have to go back. I don't I don't own this on DVD. I have to go back and watch what? it at some point. It's got to be on something. And uh, oh, like, again, this was uh, I'm like first things popped in my mind. I'm like, oh, you know, yeah, critters is gremlins gone bad. Yes. Oh, D. Wallace and M. Emmett Walsh. If I'm not mistaken, Scott Grimes from Scott uh, Grimes. From, from Orville was in there because I think I when he was on Orville, I'm like, but I've seen him on and Critters came up. Uh, Nadine Vanderbilt, who of course we love. <laughs> okay. 
What is your top one? My top one. All right. Well, I have uh, I have avoided the low hanging fruit here until now. Dun, 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 dun. No, I'm actually going to save my low hanging fruit because I think it's, it, we should obviously talk about it on honorable oh, yeah. mentions. That's but what I figured. Ray Harryhausen's second film Ooh. was called Twenty Thousand Miles from Earth. I don't oh, think I've seen I don't that. think I've seen that. It might is have. a black and white, and the first spaceship from Venus crash lands in. Uh, off the shore of Rome, and uh, the astronauts bring back a creature from Venus, the Ymir, and he starts off being yes, about yes. about a foot and tall. Growing, and in the Earth's atmosphere, he keeps growing and growing and growing until he becomes kaiju esque. He's a little bit shorter than Godzilla or whatever, but there is a great uh, fight between him and an elephant. Okay, yeah. I know which movie you're talking about. And then about now. Uh, they eventually uh, he gets to the Colosseum and the they shoot him with a tank or something like that. And it's one of the great Darryhausen where uh, this very the the monster is very uh, has very emotion emotional and you can kind of get what he's feeling and stuff like that. But he was uh, awesome at that. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's super. And then uh, he ends up being the prototype for the Kraken in. Uh, and uh, Clash of the Titans, Clash, 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 and uh, his face is on one of the shields and the skeleton in uh, Jason and the Argonauts, but well, one of Harryhausen's very first creations, and it's uh, been one of my favorites since I was a kid, but that's uh, that's my number one. Wow, that is awesome. Wow, that's yeah. a hell of a choice. I, I'm not even going to give him number one now. No. <laughs> I'm done with number one. Uh, my number one. My uh, number one's going to be a number two now. <laughs> Uh, this is a couple decades old. It's a uh, it just uh, for me was a really fun movie, really interesting, um, and I really enjoyed. And that was Dark City. Oh, I, I knew that was coming up. And that's technically, I guess technically, Hello, I I would have I would have bet that was yours. Yeah, that was uh, that it's was one of those films that quite just often. yeah stuck with me. Uh, and I love. What if the I consider that one a horror movie though? Um. Yeah, when those things come after him. Oh the. Keith didn't even get to give his number Holy one. Crap. Wow. That was a great low, one. Low throw, your, throw your number one out, quick. My number one uh, will be The Mist. I'll go with that. It wasn't the one I was going to say, but uh, I don't have time to explain. Blah. 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 <laughs> you don't like The Mist? I don't. No? I don't. Which I liked everything it? up till the end. Okay. Low-hanging fruit, for, for, I thought was Alien. Alien uh, and the, the Thing. thing. Frankenstein. Which I really... I've struggled with, but yeah, I yeah. considered that and to be. Even Invasion of the Body Snatchers, I would not pick. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good yeah, that, one. Yeah, that, that, those, <laughs> those were the ones I considered. There's no way I'm going to pick these because they seem like low hanging fruit. Huh. Okay, good. All right. Well, that's our favorite sci fi horror films and debate what's horror and what's not amongst yourselves and let us know. All right. So for this week. We are joining the cult of number 37 on the ringers.com list of top cult movies. And we are joining the cult of Event Horizon, which stars... Ah, rats. Sam Um, Sam Neill, Lawrence Fishburne, Jolie Richardson, Sean Pertwee, Kathleen Quinlan... Okay, you guys got it covered. And it is directed by Paul W.S. Anderson and written by Philip Eisner. My cousin Paul, yay. And uh, this is The Shining in Space. Yeah. Is that, a, is that an apt description? Yeah, pretty pretty close. It's not 
and this is a true cult movie in which it failed at the box office and it was hugely popular in uh, on DVD. I don't know if the, in 97 that still would have been rentals. So uh, the true definition or the one of the definitions of a cult film that it was more popular after its release or whatever. So, yes, the uh, Event Horizon is some experimental gravity driver uh, spaceship. It kind of reemerges in space and the, what is it, the Lewis and Clark? Yeah, yeah. Is sent to yes. rescue it. Well, okay, so the Event Horizon had taken off a number of years before. It had disappeared, and then seven years ago, it just popped up again. There was a ship in decaying orbit. Orbit. They picked up the beacon. It was the Horizon. Event Horizon. At this point, that's it's almost an urban legend. And so, uh, what the gravity drive does is fold space. So it brings two, but you go through a different dimension to get uh, to there. Yeah. And so, uh, what you find out is that the scientist Sam Neill does not know what that dimension is. Uh, and we find out that it is not a suburb of Cleveland. <laughs> Actually, it could be a suburb of it Cleveland. Could it could be a be. suburb of Cleveland. Yeah, you know what? Really, it could be. Um, it's hell! <laughs> and essentially, the ship comes back uh, sentient. Yes. Yes, there's a great... Uh, possessed. They, there's a great, like... The crew isn't yours anymore. It belong. They belong to the ship. You know. Yeah. It was a kind of a cool, chilling line or whatever. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with this one. It was a hair, a hair gory for me. It was a hair less gory than it sh- than it would have been. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I heard. That's what I heard. That is that there's they, a ton they, of lo- they, lost footage in this, and it was even bloodier. And he shows you hell. That was Paul Anderson's yeah. vision of it. Yeah, they had little flashes, but they did. Well, okay, so uh, Paul Anderson was uh, originally set to direct the X-Men. Yes, I had heard that. He turned it down in order to do Event Horizon, and Brian Singer got it. Uh, and so, uh, such is history. At the time... The big movie coming out, but they thought it would be uh, a huge... Well, they weren't sure. It was not a sure thing. It was iffy. But the studio was spending a ton of money and was over budget and over time on Titanic. So what they needed was a summer blockbuster to hit. They decided that summer blockbuster was going to be Event Horizon. And so they pushed Paul Anderson. Normally you'd get ten weeks to edit. He got four. uh, Which is why... The feeling is that it's a bit choppy in places and that the, the actors are a little pushed on some of the lines. Um, they did a test screening for the studio and test audiences, and they were fucking horrified. Originally, this was a, a, an Aliens knockoff. Oh, yeah. The original yeah. Yeah, you script. Could, you, this has got an Aliens. I mean, oh, like, yeah. it's like the whole, everybody in the crew's like their last name, and you, you kind of get the feeling that these guys have all worked together and stuff like that. That I really liked about it, actually. Uh, well, and that it, it, um, it had this underlying sense of dread, but it was originally, they go through this space thing and pick up an alien Okay, that begins attacking people on the ship. So, uh, Paul Anderson had a different vision for it. So they took it apart. He rewrote it. 
um, and came up with what he came up with, which I thought was far better. Yeah, haunted yeah. Ha- a haunted house. Yeah, movie on space. Yeah, house on the hill, but in the ship. In space, yeah. uh, they broke apart. The Notre Dame Cathedral is where the the set designer got most of the. Oh, okay. they took Notre Dame and started breaking it apart. And uh, and if you look, the the Notre Dame spires coming up are actually the sh- the thrusters on the ship. Oh, cool! Yeah, so there's a lot of uh, medieval elements. They wanted that, um, some of which bothered me. There was there were times where I thought that I was watching S and M porn. You know, you were in a dungeon, so it went, it just went a little too, too far that, in that direction. Well, a little too. It doesn't make sense. Like when the one guy goes, it looks like a meat grinder. I was like, yeah, I mean, they explained it well, and I went, okay, but yeah, it does. You you walk through there, and you know something bad's going to happen. Yeah. Nothing did. Yeah. Way to go, Paul. It was fucking great, but then you see the it fucking... It just reminded me when, it was, uh, when you go to a horror house, and they have the thing that spins and makes you dizzy. Yes. That's all. <laughs> like, wow, I'd be dizzy in there. But there's all these spikes and spires, and yeah. uh, I thought the set design going into that little... Car- the, the little... Uh, Whatever tube he went to go through when he said that it's the emergency circuit yeah, strip yeah. or something. Uh, like the, the utility yes. access or whatever. That was cool as shit. Um, but yeah, they wanted that medieval feel to it. Um, that gothic. It's, yeah, kind of a gothic feel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that they achieved that beautifully. Um, he ended up cutting after the screening 30 minutes out of the film. Yeah, that, yeah, and that footage apparently by all because they wanted the director's cut DVD and all this other stuff, and that's yeah. apparently that footage is all gone. Right, and yet I've seen clips of it, so I don't know. I guess maybe it's not gone, but in not a quality that we yes. you could raise it to the level there, of the rest of the film. There was some talk after they were talking about Schneider cut of Just League of doing one of, of a cut like his of this. So, uh, yeah, he got vicious. I mean, it's it's he did not play. And I thought he didn't play prior to, you know, like you get that vision from Sam Neill, yeah, which was a yeah. little too Hellraiser-ish for me, sorry, but of of the crew and what was happening yeah. to the crew in yeah. this hell dimension, and that they're not dead, the crew isn't dead, uh, except the one guy was alive, and he was featured prominently in that, but I thought it was a great concept. It's not one you very, see. It's very original. Yeah, yeah. that's. Uh, and and just the look of the movie was gorgeous. No, I could see yeah. where where like if and I got like I don't remember the marketing in '97 or whatever, but I could see where this if this was marketed the right way, this would be considered up there with like Alien or the Thing. Yes. Or, yes. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it only made 26 million yeah. at the box office, so it was a no, huge it was failure. A, it was a huge and it was a huge uh, rental and and discovery for a lot of people and. You know DVD, and I, again, I think there were still rentals at the time. Oh, yeah. So yeah, well, that happened with a lot of horror movies. They didn't do as well in the box office because the nineties weren't the horror days. No, the eighties were. The eighties were. So it was it was a decade too late. And I don't know that this was marketed in a way that you understood what the story what was because it's, it's no. yeah it's it's hard it's hard to to sum up. It's not a there's not a box you can put this in. Yeah, you it's know, horror science fiction. I mean, but but in not like. Alien, you know, like Alien is like a monster movie, where yeah. this is like a horror. This is like, yeah. a, 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 like I said, a, a haunted house movie. This is a haunted house movie, and and done really well. And the cast, phenomenal, unbelievable. No, and, like yeah. I was saying, it's like you get that 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 alien, you get that um, predator. Like you know, everybody's by their last name and they're a crew, and you get that. You really get that feeling, like 
these guys all know like they yeah. live with each other and they work with each other you know there's like that familiarity with them did did you guys when um when sean pertwee was going after sam neal in the med bay and dj and i don't know who that is but that's grabbed jason him, isaacs grabbed him and yeah. put the scalpel to yeah, his yeah, throat yeah. did anybody mm-hmm. else go well that seems a little out it didn't fit for that, me. Again, like the way that you said that the way this was edited, there's some things that were like kind of choppy. Yeah, you, that almost felt like it was part of another like storyline. Like story, yeah, like like, like, like something was influencing him. Or, or yeah, or, you're missing something because yeah. all of a sudden he just went from being Snap. a kind of a yeah. quiet, broody guy to yeah. just fucking psycho. Yeah, that's, and then that's and, how it happens. Just I you know, know, but but then nobody really addressed it. No, you had a scalpel to his throat. Yeah. You were gonna cut him. We just taught you down. Yeah, I don't know that I trust you. No, I don't. I I've thought it over. <laughs> I mulled it. There was there was a quick mull, yeah. and in that mulling, I decided, no, I don't trust you. You're fucking crazy. Locking you in a brig. But it, but John Bertwee, if somebody puts a knife to my throat, to calm me down, to calm me down, I have a feeling that when they take the knife away, I'm gonna hit them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just a just a ah. Oh, you made me shit myself. <laughs> Anybody who makes me shit myself gets you get hit. It? Okay, I'll remember that. So, but that just felt off to me. And so, yeah, I think you're right. I think there was because he doesn't. He does a phenomenal job, like t- telling Sam Neill's story, the little backstory between him and his wife. Yeah, yeah. With how fucking sad was that? He's a little heavy-handed in the beginning, though. With all the pictures everywhere, and well, you know what? But I think that if your wife killed herself, spoilers. I think that if your wife killed herself and you felt guilty about it, I think that you would do you would build shrine. Possibly. Even if you hate your spouse, if your spouse dies, there's a there's a uh, messiah building kind of thing that goes on um, before you're able to tear them down again and see them as human. So, but I think he blamed himself for it, and so that's why. That was my take on it. But you get a little bit of Kathleen Quinlan and what's going on. He does a phenomenal job at just one or two lines and a picture. And he gives you a A a personality and a background that that you can. I thought it was a fun little flick uh, in a really sick, twisted, demented Hellraiser kind of way, but done better than Hellraiser. I know I've seen it before, but I don't remember liking it as much as I liked it now. Oh. I, I, I don't remember it. Having any, like I said, I remember seeing it. There were parts like, oh, I remember this, but that's all. I have, um, I saw it a couple of times. So. All right, so what's the, uh, what's the star rating on uh, Event Horizon there, boys? I'm going to give it a four. Four? I'm going to give it a three and a half. Not really my cup of tea, but a well-crafted movie, well-acted, you know, super original concept. Uh, Three and a half stars? All right, that's Event Horizon. We are joined the cult of we have joined the cult of Event Horizon this week. Let's see what you think. All right, so this week a film that people also watch is 1985's Life Force, which uh, was brought up on our top three, and I had not seen it. And Brian, you uh, insisted that we uh, watch it, so uh, that I is. I brought it up though. Yeah, you it was on your list. Yes, it was on my but list. But it was on your list. But he oh, said, oh, if you haven't seen it, you got to watch it. All right, so this was directed by the legendary Toby Hooper, who directed uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Poltergeist. Written by uh, Dan O'Bannon and Don J- 
J- Jacoby? J- Jacoby? Jacoby. Jacoby. Wait, wait, wait. Dan O'Bannon from Farscape? Dan O'Bannon? Dan O'Bannon from no, the, leg- the, the legendary. The yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, no, he's a legendary screenwriter. Oh, as yeah. Well. yeah. Oh, no. Uh, and then starring uh, Steve Railsback, Peter Firth, Frank Finlay, Matilda May, and of course, Patrick Stewart. Oh, he was legendary. Yeah, he is legendary. And overacting to boot. Sir, sir, Patrick Stewart. Okay, so. <laughs> If anything, the score of this movie, the opening and closing, Henry I swear Mancini. to God that they... It was Henry Mancini. It was Henry Mancini? With the London Symphony Orchestra. Okay, I swear to God, they have used this music in like those NFL films like, you know, Green Bay is the, you know, <laughs> is the frozen tundra. I swear to God, they used it. This music was so over the top for this movie, but it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, this is based off a novel called The Space Vampire, so it's a, technically a vampire story. Yep. And, uh, it's yeah, it's from 1985. The spaceship Winston Churchill discovers a two-mile-long space vessel. 150-mile-long, two-mile-wide, okay. or tall, yeah. yeah. Uh, space vessel in the Haley's, Haley's Comet. Comet. Yeah. And uh, there are some desiccated, like, bat creatures. Yes. And then there's a whole room of, or a... Coliseum of frozen people in suspended animation. Uh, I will note that they, just for Brian's sake, they are all naked and remain naked for most of the movie. Matilda May got the part because there were no other English or American actresses who were comfortable with the full frontal nudity. The amount of full frontal nudity. Yeah, because she's naked through required. pretty much the rest of yeah. the film. She was like 19 at the time. And she, that's this is her third film. Okay. She was a dancer. Who got into acting because acting hurt less? I could what see kind that. of dancing was she doing? No, she said it would take about three months to get ready for a production. Oh, okay. and as a dancer, as a professional dancer, you're in pain. They push you. So, uh, yeah, it hurt less. She got to talk to people, and okay, it was interesting. But she is a dancer, which accounts for her ass. Just gonna say, uh, she was a striking a fit, to say the least, <laughs> a fit woman. Yeah. So. Uh, they bring the uh, crew, it's very alien. They bring the people and the desiccated alien on board. The ship is lost. It is found again in uh, close to Earth. They send some They send some guys up there. They bring everybody back to Earth. And turns out all the, al- the uh, people that they find on the alien spaceship are all space vampires that drain your life energy. And that's where it gets kind of confusing. Confusing? Yeah, I, I I like my my vampire movies to have like the rules, and the rules in this one were really they didn't follow them. Well, this a lot. this is because it's where they get the idea from vampires because they've been here before or something like that. Well, no, it was they sort of like the dead. It was the like dead. okay, well, if you're an original vampire, you can switch bodies or change the way you look or something. Yeah, you can mentally. You, you mentally project yourself into a body. Okay. And then if you were a victim and you turned into a vampire, then you could only do it once and you needed to constantly feed or you'd dis- dissolve into dust or something. Yes. And, um... You know what? If you look at it, 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 it really does explain a lot of the vampire lore. It takes a lot of that. So if you're a vampire, you can hypnotize people, basically. Yes. Mentally take them over. So it's almost like hypnosis. Okay. If you, you can if change you, forms too if you're a vampire. Yeah, if you're a victim of a vampire, you become a vampire. 
And this was a little but more... But you have to feed every two hours. Yeah, and then this was yeah, a little bit... And then it turns kind of into a zombie movie at the end because London's under siege yeah. by all these vampires and stuff like that. Yeah, and, the ones... Well, they're stealing souls is what it is. Yeah, they're, they're gathering the, the bomb thing, that little bright light bomb thing. Was kind of cool because it would just collect the oh, souls. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, and that's the thing. Like the the spaceship's got this giant, like, you know, bat wing or, umbrella. Or, yeah, bat wing kind of organic umbrella that collected the souls that the vampires harvested or whatever, which I thought was a really cool concept. Yeah. And um, I forget sometimes I'm spoiled by CGI. I love practical effects. Yep. And the kind of desiccated zombie vampires in this were all, like, animatronics. You could so see Return of the Living Dead. Yes. These were the same little puppets that they yeah. used in that. And it was it, it, and it was just, it was so refreshing. Yes. To see that, the like, the craftsmanship that went into this. Oh. You know, and everybody, oh, it's dated, and you could totally tell they were a puppet. It's like, screw yeah, you. Yeah. You know what, this was... This was fantastic. It was super fun. So brilliantly done. Yes. Uh, for practical effects. I... And then the um, Patrick Stewart gets taken over, and they're him and the well, the nurse first does. And this is one of those weird. She's one of those weird women that I see her and I go, I've seen her before. And then I look up her filmography, and I've seen none of the films she's in. Yeah. <laughs> and I go, How do I know? She her? must look like somebody else yeah. or something she, like that. <sighs> She's a hot redhead. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I remember my hot redheads. Yeah. Uh, I have a brain for that if you hadn't. No. Really? Encyclopedic. Yeah. It uh, it really is. And and she's a hardcore masochist. Yeah. yeah. And that and uh, <laughs> Kane turned out to be, well, that's a pleasant coincidence. It was very British. It was, yeah. Well, that's yeah. a pleasant coincidence because yeah. I happen to be a voyeur. Yeah. yeah. Was, yeah. What the fuck? It was rails back, and I don't know. Was that Stephen Firth? Yeah, Stephen Firth. Uh, As two colonels, uh, one from the British side, one from the American side, who were putting this all together. Uh, And rails back had some uh, psychic link. Yeah, he was addicted to the. They exchanged life forces. Yes, but then it turned out he was a vampire. Yeah, he was connected. Well, yeah, when they exchanged. Well, no, he was a he was, he one was of like the, the original original oh, vampire. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, like that. yeah. The, you know, at the end of this, yeah. is it's a love story between him and and Matilda May. Yeah, yeah. Uh, coming back together, and she it's she, very she, Romeo and Juliet. It is. Yeah. It it is uh, with a sword, um, though Romeo and Juliet had a dagger. Well, no. I going back to the practical effects. I loved when they're in the helicopter. Uh huh. And the blood is shooting out of like the prime minister yes, and, yes. and Patrick Stewart, and it turns into yes. I was yeah. like, dude, come on! Like that was super cool. You know what? There there were little touches, like when the guy's trying to to climb up on the the rail of the helicopter, and he reaches yeah, and he yeah. pulls and the skin off his hand, yeah, yeah. and and that's what makes him fall. Uh, that was cool. Yeah, there was a lot of cool little the all the the animatronics in front of the church. Yes, all the different... Okay, but how buddies. fucking stupid is it? Where is she? Where could she be? Yeah. How about the building with the big fucking tunnel like light <laughs> shooting <laughs> out of it? The, the Let's start of there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How about we start there? And she was kind of the lead vampire. She was the only one who could um, do some... Oh, she's the only one who could channel the life force. Yeah, I'll back up to the ship. Yeah. yeah. And it seemed to me that those were the only three left. Yeah. Well, okay, so what was like the whole like the, there was I a thought whole... that they were all dead in there. 
Okay, is that what the, I I yeah. missed that because yeah. there was a whole bunch of the, it was literally hundreds of them or whatever, but there was like the three main ones, and I thought it was a cool shot, like kind of the the bat, like they were hanging upside down. Yes, I thought that was kind of cool. Yes, in like crystal coffins. Uh, I thought it did a good job of explaining how um, Victorian people would buy into these being vampires. Uh, the lore, just the the light and the the special effects in this were for eighty five. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. Rails Back, I think, is one of those great underrated actors who he's in a lot of schlock. But I bet you can't name more than like one or two movies he's I know, and he's been yeah, in yeah, ninety. Yeah, yeah. He's I got know, ninety I know. credits but to you'll, his You'll name. see him and go, Oh yeah, it's him. But Matilda May has sixty. Really? Yeah. Wow. So you look at it and go, Wait, what? And she's still working. She's got a uh twenty twenty one production and Railsback has a movie coming out next year. Oh wow. wow. You know what? No, agents? I remember he was Charles Manson. No, I was going to say, he was Charles Manson, and he was yeah. fantastic. And he was Ed Gein, and did okay. a phenomenal job. If you haven't seen Gein, oh, man. So that's two. That's two. Uh, and then Schlock, a ton of Schlock I fucking know. science I, I, fiction. I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You can't name more than a couple no. movies he's been in, and then, but you'll see him in movies, go, oh, that's him, yeah. Yeah, that's Steve, this yeah. is going to be yeah. good. Yeah. 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 This is going to be good, because he's in it. Uh, he elevates, but he's just one of those actors that... He reminds me of Christopher Lambert. There's there's not a, a great emotional component to him. Except when no. he was completely over a compl- I thought over he was over, over the top and I was like, Why are you doing <laughs> this? Yeah. Yeah. Why am I addicted to you? <laughs> Let me go. <laughs> Shaking yeah, Patrick yeah, Stewart, yeah, yeah, who yeah. then is so overacting because yeah. he does pain. Yeah. <laughs> There was a lot of overacting in this. But Colin Firth was such a fucking... He was... He's uh, dead. Yeah, he's, he's... He was very... No, it was actually Peter Firth, and I actually Peter got to look, Firth, him, I'm sorry. look him up uh, to see if he's very related British. to Colin Firth or what, uh, at all, but he was so English. <laughs> yeah, like, stiff upper yeah. lip, like, yes. oh, yes, yeah, yeah. of course. Like that, the scene where you're saying, well, uh, how fortunate, I happen to be a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He sits right down. It was just... And I didn't see him beating her. No, like, you no, just kind of her hair and that's about yeah. it. her around a little better or whatever. You shook her around in, in a nightgown. I looked at my wife and I said, nobody wears nightgowns anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we need to see a resurgence in nightgowns. Night just a fun little film. Oh, I'm glad I watched it. Yeah. I'm, I'm really I, glad I, I watched it. I remember liking it. I liked it more now I watched it. Like, yes. I think I watched it probably in 85, so. Yeah. I don't think I've seen it since then. But. The only thing that doesn't really make sense is the whole plague in London. With the zombies. Yeah, yeah that, that that's where it kind of went off the rails at the yeah. end there a little yeah. bit. It's, they, they were playing off of Night of Living Dead, sort of. Something. Yes. There's something, Dawn of the Dead or whatever came out around. Yes. They're, they're playing off of that. Yes. And then the explosions for no reason everywhere in London. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. They, they don't have bombs. <laughs> <laughs> and if we can't contain this... <laughs> Thermonuclear <laughs> destruction. Yeah. And I'm like, they're on an island, guys. Thermonuclear cleansing. Yeah, that's, they're on an island. Yeah, yeah. It's not that hard. <laughs> Everyone knows vampires can't swim. Yeah, they're afraid of water. Bless the sea. All you have to do is bless the sea. <laughs> okay, uh, I don't I don't think they had... Did, did they have that weakness? I don't remember them saying that... They had any kind of... They religious... were in a cathedral, which seemed like to be a holy place. Yes. They weren't, like, melting. No, and so. the, but they didn't show them during the day. No, they did not. But and you know what else kind of threw me? 
is the fact that you had to run through seven rooms to get back to the room that they were in. That is just a poor hospital design. <laughs> that you have to run through seven rooms to get... And you, there's not another way to get oh, there. Oh, yeah, they're coming... <laughs> you have to run through rooms. Okay. In order to... Remember the scene where he's opening all the doors room? to get back to the examination room? No, I, I, okay, I'm drawing a and, blank on it. Okay, so I'm going to say that the, the space shuttle was such a piss-poor design for a fucking craft. Okay? So you have the space shuttle with this gigantic <clears throat> penis engine hanging off the bottom of it. Yeah. How do you land? How do you land? Well, you eject it before you land like they do now. No, it was a part of the ship. And then and then they retract. Oh, they have the wings, the, 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 the two, solar the solar wings that are like two hundred feet long. Yeah, I don't know how they retract on each of the. And then they retract those into the body of the space shuttle, which doesn't seem to have enough room. Even if telescoping, yeah, you're not gonna even rolled up into like big. Yeah, <laughs> and it goes in, and you don't really see. But the big penis engine hanging off the bottom of it, I kept looking at, going, "That's a part of the. That's not something ejectable." It was. Okay, it was I, a part mean, of. You were paying far Your more attention. Your penis works different. <laughs> paying far more you attention to, the, to, to ship design than I was. Uh, I was, yeah, I was looking at it because that was that was one of those bad moments that took me out of the movie. It's flying <coughs> sideways. It's flying upside down. It's it's flying in ways that it shouldn't be flying. It shouldn't be moving that way. It the way with the wings set up the way that they were, it shouldn't have been moving a couple of different shots the way it was. It's when the, the one male vampire kind of sheds his skin and turns into the bat creature. Yes. As cool of, a, of an effect as that was, I was like, so now you're saying it's these guys? It, it, yeah. just, it, was, like, it was like, what? Yeah, that's that was them. The, they were, yeah. And that they was the connection living, they to were vampires off, and bats. They were living off the energy. Energy, of, yeah. Uh, people. And they would they would kill civilizations. That The whole space scene was just not done well, I didn't think. It definitely had, it had the alien feel to it. It definitely yes. But alien was executed but it much better. Done as well. yeah, yeah, no, I. That's EVA in three seconds. You're already out of the ship. You're out of the ship, yelling EVA in point two minutes or whatever the fuck it is. You're out, and then you float. There's no propulsion. You float. Yeah. To the big straight, ship. Straight. Yeah. Straight. Straight. straight to the big ship. Like like you're on something. <laughs> and then they float the caskets out, with the desiccate. Ex- <laughs> what is it? Uh, deploying the extraction bag, and it's <laughs> yeah. a fucking net. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a horrible net. And you just happen to have that like laying around. And, yes, uh, and you already broke a finger off. So why not take a whole one first of all? And secondly, you don't think that the extraction bag is going to knock pieces off? Yeah, uh, it's going to be like, like a cheese grater. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as soon as you get them out, yeah. as soon as there's any kind of pull on it, yeah. you're in trouble. And then when the guy sees, he looks in the monitor and the guard walks in and naked Matilda May is standing in front of him. Yeah, everyone knew there was going to be problems then. Use my body. (laughs) 20-year-old. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. You don't have to ask twice. Uh, Because I felt like that that guard before. I felt like that. Watching Uh, that movie, probably. (laughs) For the fourth time. Uh in a row. The guy doesn't call security. No, he runs out to try the to help alien the alien is now standing up naked in a room with the guard in front. 
even no matter what, no good is going to come out of this scene. There is never I any agree. good. He should have hit the red alert and scramble the guys with the That's machine it. gun just to fucking cap her. Be ass. there now. Be there now. But not only does well, I thought not only the doctor actually runs in with the security detail. She doesn't kill the guy, Peter Ferg. Doesn't no. kill him. I don't know why. Yeah, that was the, the that was kind of a hedge. Was she, she already full from the first guy or something like that? Could be. Can only hold so many souls. At a time. Yeah. And you Before gotta, you just... Oh, you gotta, tummy problems. Yeah. Send them up to the um, ship. I have a sensitive tummy. It, 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 there was just a lot about it that... And and that the security guards didn't know... Like, tell everybody, except for the guys in the lobby. Yeah. We don't have to tell the guys in the lobby that a naked woman is coming that way. That was poorly done. Well, they did. They did just as she's walking down. They're like, there's a naked woman walking around. Stop her. Yeah, you got... Yeah, yeah. Not, don't get fucking close yeah, to yeah, her because yeah. she will suck you dry of everything that you... Which may be a... Hey, be, baby, what are you doing? <laughs> Do you come here often? I've been married way too long. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you want a, you want a potato chip? Or whatever he's talking yeah. her. It's like, what? You want a crisp? Yeah, you want a crisp? Uh, it, but then, yeah, when she goes out into the park and she... I thought that that was a great scene with the kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we came back to see if, see they, if were they were doing, doing anything. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking perfect. And we found her body. Yeah. And then the guy puts it together. Now she's got clothes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's much harder to find when she's clothed. In the moors. I don't know. I think a naked woman would stand out. I I agree that a closed woman is harder to pick out. No matter where you're at, than a really hot naked woman. Yeah. Which may be harder to catch than a not-so-hot naked woman. Because everybody then notices her. (laughs) Okay, that's a leap of logic, but we'll go with it. (laughs) Which is, that's you every week. Whatever it is, we'll go with (laughs) We'll go with that. All right, so super fun mid-80s practical effects space vampire film. Glad I watched it. Like three and a half stars? I'm going to go with that. I might even I'll go, go th- four. I'll go three and a half. I'll go four. You're you, you go four every Matilda. time. Oh, it's Matilda. That's... First of all, uh, we when we watch a good movie, it's a good movie for a reason. Secondly, this got better than when I watched it. Uh, and I've seen it now. This is probably the third or fourth time I've actually, actually seen it. In 30 years. It's better than when I first saw it, Yeah, uh, it just got better. There's there's a greater appreciation for what Toby Hooper did and how he did it. Uh, he's a craftsman. He really is. Yeah, and, and it's obviously low budget, and he did a great job with it. The story is good. It's coherent. Um, I'll argue that. I, I didn't like the... I, I was fuzzy on the whole vampire rules, but keep going. So, I, I, I think, again, when we're watching... Um, Good actors, with a good craftsman, decent script, great practical effects. How do you not give it four? Yeah, how do you not give it four? And then you got Matilda May, full frontal nudity through most of it. Which I thought he was going to kick him up to a four. All right, that is Life Force. That is a movie that people also watched. Spoiler alert. So we have come to the end, in some cases, thankfully, of the latest Marvel offering. 
uh, on the Disney app, which was Loki, and this one was uh, episode six, and it was uh, For All Time Always, which is the uh, credo of the TVA. Yes. And, um, Brian, do you ever get tired of being wrong? Or You know what? This time I was both wrong and right. So Dep- Depends on which timeline you look at. Uh, so what I will say is suck it. Okay. Uh, I was wrong in that they did give us Kang, and I was so shocked with that. Yeah. What I will say is they gave us the actor who plays Kang. Yeah, they they gave us a close facsimile of Kang. A variant of Kang. <laughs> I would not say they gave us Kang, and this is not the Kang that we will see in Ant-Man. And that's why I didn't like it, but go ahead. I think at the end you see the statue that Kang will have. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, no, no. They gave us Kang. In a statue in the last five seconds of this. Yes. I think I think what they gave you was in Mortis. That's what that's and, what and the, then, uh, then 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 Kang is a variant of uh, Mortis, so that's what the what you took. They over. didn't give us Kang. They gave us the actor who plays Kang. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I did not like it. No, neither did I. I did not like. There's a lot about this that I did not like. That it was 45 minutes of talking. There's that. That that I was expecting Kang the Conqueror, and I got. You know, Willy Wonka. Yeah, he was Willy fucking he Wonka. Literally That's was what Willy I Wonka. kept. I just in my head, it was screaming. Or I, or, or or the Wizard of Oz, like, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Yeah. So it was like the opposite. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Uh, I, I did not love this iteration of Kang. I actually did. I actually liked his whole speech. I loved when he passed the threshold. The, the, the nervous excitement he had in his look in his face, not even stating it. You could tell that it's like, okay, something's going to happen. I don't know what it is. This is weird. I thought the guy did a great job. I actually liked the actor. Oh, no, I don't get oh, me wrong. Right. Great actor. I like the character. Yeah. I like the character, knowing that this isn't going to be the final Kang. I, I didn't. Just, I, I, it, was a, um, it was a letdown, which is funny because I talked to uh, Dr. Rich, and he's the one yesterday. And he who thought it said, was uh, Lance is going to hate it. <laughs> he was correct. And Keith is going to love it. Yep, he was correct. Uh, I So he's always right, you're always wrong. I see the, the whole dichotomy there. I did not like, I did not think that uh, character-wise this was a good series. I did not think for the Loki from Avengers that this is would have been the ending. I don't think the Loki from Avengers would have taken... Um, he wouldn't have taken the Miss Minutes deal. And what I'm more interested in is, wh- who is Miss Minutes? I don't think he would have taken that first deal knowing that whoever's offering it could could give more. So he wouldn't. But there would have been no hesitation in him taking over the TVA. None That's what I thought all. this whole thing, when he started, he was planning on taking over the TVA. Well, and then everybody said he wants to burn it down. I could see the Loki from Ragnarok doing what he did. But not the Loki from Avengers. They picked the wrong Loki. The Loki from Avengers would not have... He might have... Uh, I, I think even Loki from Dark World would, would be more likely to take it than Loki from Avengers. Right. Loki from Avengers, when they pulled him, he was a power-mad little monkey. And yeah. he would have fucking... He'd have, he'd have pulled Sylvie's intestines from her asshole. But he, lo- he does love himself, so... He does love himself, and even if he did that, he would have been doing it just to manipulate her so that she would not have done it. But he certainly would not have allowed her to kill Kang. Yes, and you just saying that made me realize, like, this is, like, 
Avengers Loki. This isn't Loki at the end. This is, you know, this was like him. So, I mean, and I know they were trying to, oh, he grew. No. He got better over six. No. It's just, it, it bugs. It, it, again. No. We bought into it because we watched Loki through Dark World, Ragnarok. Uh, but, it, but so did he. Yeah, and you know what? And and Dr. Rich brought that up. And when he watched the movie, first of all, he didn't watch it in real time. He only could have watched the highlights. Yeah. Because, because. Yeah. But secondly, if I showed you a movie of how your life would be, watching it is not experiencing it. No, but it would change you. No, it would not. And here's why. And I talk to a lot of people about this. I say you can prepare for somebody to die. You can prepare for that. You cannot prepare for somebody to be dead. Because the experience of the death going forward is something you have no, uh, you have no bar for. You have no uh, reality, nothing to gauge it against. How you're going to react when somebody is dead. Not when somebody's going to die. Because you go through a grieving process up to there. Well, but but at the point saying, of if death. If I knew when I was going to die. No. My life would change. And if what, I knew how and when it was going to lie, my life would change because it would be stuff I didn't right. do, and I would I would change it. But Loki from Avengers would have watched that and said, that's great. That's the life he led. I've already been pulled from that. That is not the life I'm going to lead. So you're watching somebody else's life. It would be like you watching my life, only the highlights, and you don't know how it's edited. And then seeing me die and going, well, that changed me. No, you would go, oh, I'm sad for him. And there might have been a change, but you're not, it's not going to make you a pussy. Yeah, that's, that's where I think that this, like, you went from almost conquer the world to like, you know, please don't do this. It's it's just, ah. You were, he, he went from, I'm going to take over the world, figuring out how to kill Thanos. That was his end goal. Yes. To, oh no, Sylvie, I love you. And I loved the kiss, by the way. I thought that was a great moment. I thought that was fun. But no, this, this would not have been Avengers Loki. So what they did was take the, uh, the, the, la- the Loki we knew and played on that. Yeah. And so we would buy it. And but I, that was not the Loki. Okay. Are all Marvel shows now just going to be talking? Because I mean, I like, don't think so. I think because this is setting up the multiverse. This is setting up so much more past this little show. This was setting up. You're the, the bringing in the X Men, bringing in Fantastic Four. This is setting up the fact that Robert Downey Jr. doesn't need to be Iron Man. That Chris Evans doesn't have, need to be Captain America. That's what this is setting yeah. up. This is setting up the movies. This is setting up Phase Four. This is all to to free that all up, okay. so you don't have to worry about that stuff. And that's what this. This, this thing was made for. It wasn't made to bring Loki anywhere. It was made to bring the universe somewhere. Right. But and that's what the, the whole purpose of this was. That's what the whole purpose of all these things are. The the, the Cap Winter Soldier was set up for, for Captain America 4. The WandaVision is set up for Doctor Strange. They're not. They're little bridge stories. That's all they are. Okay, but you know what? Okay, they're so epilogues then, or prologues, depending on how you look at it. Then they're bullshit. Exactly. So then they're if, flat bullshit, so and why are we watching if I Exactly. So if... Again, if these are just bridge story setup stories for movies that I'm probably not going to end up watching, why are we watching these? 
Because I watch them. I watch the movies. I watch. I, I, I want to see I, the movies. I watch Agents of Shield, which did the same thing. And I stopped. And again, the, the, I stopped the, watching Agents of Shield because I thought it was bullshit, boring. The, oh, I like the, the ship from from Age of Ultron came from that. They they set up stuff for uh, Winter Soldier in there. I mean, I, everything. But and, you're still sending up movies that aren't coming out for a year and a half. Well, that's this was not initially supposed to be out there. Doc Strange was supposed to be out this year originally. Well, I understand. So that. they 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 set up the streaming service, and they have to give you something. So they can't go. Oh, we're going to hold this back a year. So you're going to get nothing. Right. So you're going to spend all this money on this. But again, service, get I'm going to throw out that. That's why all this stuff was supposed to be coming out. None soon. of this excited me to see those movies. Oh, this this one excited me to see all the movies because, like I said, you can bring in X Men. There's a perfectly logical explanation why they haven't oh. been here. Yeah. I, th- th- no, this is setting up everything. I, was, I know it I was, sets up everything, but what totally I'm saying is, is it, it was a mediocre show. Like I said before, it was a it was a pretty good uh, run on Doctor Who, but that was about it. Uh, I didn't think, and and again, the characterization was wrong for Loki. They picked uh, Willy Wonka Kang, which did not turn me on or make me want to see Kang. Uh, I didn't care. So what I'm saying is, is, is it excited you, and it probably excited some other people. But uh, on the whole, if if its job was just to get me excited about the movies, which should have been its job, by the way, not as a bridge, it should have been its job to get me excited to go see the movies. It failed. Okay. So if you did, I got texts all day long after that came out. You're gonna love it. It's awesome. I can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. I got like 30, 20 or 30 texts from okay. people going, this is going to be the best thing ever. So now they're going to make 120 bucks. I'm just saying. Because cause you, cause you're the, the majority voice. I don't know that I'm the majority voice. I What I am saying is is that I don't think that I'm... I, even if I'm in the in the half and half, which I'm, a, I'm pretty much an every guy. I don't... Yeah. If, if it didn't turn me on, then yeah, there's going to be a lot of people that it doesn't turn on. Outside of I just thought it was a mediocre story. I'm not getting into anything else other than I just didn't think it was that good. It sets everything up. I didn't need six hours to do that. Yeah, couldn't we have done this with a two-hour we movie? Could have done. We could have done this in an hour and a half. Maybe. I I, I, would, I might even give it an hour of, of we didn't need all of this. Now, there were characters I liked, and then it came out that there were characters I didn't. But, uh... There were things in each episode that intrigued me enough to to want to explore different things, but they weren't. Right, I want okay, to see well, the movie. Okay, well, okay, so here is my question. So correct me if I'm wrong. At the end of the first episode, Sylvie sets off all these reset bombs or whatever, mm-hmm. and, and and there's all these branches of the timeline, <clears> and everybody made a big deal like, oh, is it? did they ever go back and explain like what the hell happened there? Did, you did, know what they didn't? No, they didn't. Okay. Yeah, because, okay, that that has been something that's been bothering me since the, the oh. second episode. Like, they didn't even explain. Like, she did all this this stuff to the time. Like, what, did the TV just go in and fix it? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's like they never, they never even, like, it was like they, they ended it almost like on a cliffhanger, and then they left it with no resolution to that. There were a lot of questions that came from this one. I, I just, I, I, I again, I, I, and not being the, the cosmic Marvel guy and not being a complete, like Keith is a completist. He'll see every single Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. I am not the, also not the cosmic Marvel. I mean, like I, I could care less about Thor and Guardians. Of the Galaxy. I much prefer Captain America and the kind of the spy ones or whatever and stuff like that. 
and again, maybe and maybe we're old geeks. Maybe we're not the target audience here or whatever. But it, it, and Keith's got a bunch of guys on his in his you know circle going, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I literally was like, well, thank God that's over. Let's let's you know an hour every week that I can do something else. Well, for a couple of weeks, and then we got what if. I, I just didn't. I I it didn't. Um, none of them turned me on. Now, what was interesting, I thought, and I watched a video on this, and I thought it was pretty cool. Somebody had taken and synced. The last episode of Loki and the last episode of Scarlet Witch. Okay. Which, now, you know what? You get into synchronicity and, and is this, it's it just a coincidence? I don't, probably. But there's the part where she's battling Agatha at the end, da, 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 which lines up with when they're in with Kang. Because, well, they're in with Kang for 45 fucking minutes. Yeah. But, Agatha throws her hex and it didn't work. And then she tries it again and you see... Scarlet Witch come floating up and she's all old and then she starts getting young again and she kind of comes down and then the rune pops up and yeah. you see the rune and which was a great moment. I'm going to give yeah. it to him. That was a great moment. But when they show the rune, there's that roll of thunder. Okay. Oh, time with the, yeah. And it ties in exactly to when Kang hears the roll of thunder. It's the yeah. same roll of thunder and then he turns his head and he goes we're past the point of no return. Yeah, past the threshold. So when you when you see those two together, as soon as you see the rune, the, the thunder like kicks off, and he says, "We're past the threshold." If, now I don't okay, know what's going to go on. I'm sorry. I know that those guys like to pay attention to their continuity, but if they went to if they went at that level for a couple of TV shows, that has got to be somebody's finding a conspiracy thing. But like, then literally it, finding a conspiracy you get to theory. the end where uh, they show all the branches coming off of the timeline. And then there's that point where they all come off and it starts to crackle. And that's the point in Scarlet Witch at the post-end sequence where she hears the voices. And then she, she kind of gets that little smile. So the timelines have branched off enough to bring her children back. So I thought, you know what, if they did it, if they didn't do it, Shame how fucking, yeah, how fucking cool that was the coolest part of all of this <laughs> was that these two lined up in that way. That just made it wow. And if they did plan it, oh my fucking god! If they did plan it, then they get, I give them more. They're at a level they of win. geekness that I I could not even compete they win. with. They yeah, win. They win. They win the game. Yeah. That uh, that to me was. But seeing that the roll of thunder where he turns his head yeah. and she come and the room we've passed the threshold. I was like, oh my god, how cool is that? That was exciting to me. So the Easter eggs and those kind of things. But I thought that that on the whole they were all mediocre. I thought they could have been better. I, I I don't necessarily know that we needed to um, pull the universes forward, but Falcon and Winter Soldier could have been so much cooler. There's a lot of talking and exposition that's that's yes. uh, you don't. I need. think that's the problem with all these is they. Th I I literally think they are taking a movie idea and they're stretching it to six, to six or seven well, or eight episodes. They're also working at a much less budget on these things than do on a movie. But you know what? It doesn't take any kind of fucking budget to write shit on paper. I'm sorry. It, you know what? You don't don't tell me that you you sacrifice the writing because they don't have the budget. It doesn't mean that they're hiring a lesser screenwriter. You know what? No, I, Bobby's I don't think really, that, really I think good, that, I think, I but Jack comes why, in cheaper. I think that, no, I think that's why they got to have more talking. talking. But it's, but even then, you could make it more interesting. I, 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 and I'm not opposed to talking. I like movies where they talk. You 
do? No, I, I, okay, I'm sorry. I, I like the Godfather movies where it's all dialogue and then there's, it's smattered with a little bit of action. If I'm going to a Marvel movie, I want action set pieces. Well, I literally... This I, is why they're not the movies. Well, you know what? And, and yeah, right. I'm going to agree. I'm going to agree with, with Keith that, that they've got to stretch it out a little bit. But there's talking in porn. Did you call the table guy? <laughs> Did right. you order this pizza? Yeah, okay. All right, so w- what's the next Marvel program? What yeah. if? What if? Okay, that's animated, so yes. that's... Which hopefully... I already hate the animation. The whole Scanner Darkly thing. I was looking at... All right, so I, I, I assume that we're, that we're going to... that We're, we're, we're going, going to, to review it. it. So who gets to like the next one? Who hates it? We gotta. Oh, we don't, are we gonna, we're gonna start. Mike. You're gonna love Off it, Mike. <laughs> we're gonna, Lance is gonna oh, hate. Are it. we gonna start the pool? <laughs> and I am going to find faults and still like it. It doesn't mean that you can't finding fault doesn't mean that I don't like no. it. I enjoyed them. I. You know what? It was hard for me to get through. I had to push to get through Falcon and Winter Soldier. Okay, um, and I, I had to push to get through this. Yeah, I, I, and I was literally I was relieved when this was over. Uh, and I thought the first. Four or five episodes of uh, uh, Vision, Scarlet Witch, WandaVision was pretentious drivel, and they were just playing I at they something. Down the, 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 yeah, the that comes a little. It bit was too a much. neat. Uh, it was a neat idea that they just they kept the joke going a little too long. All right. Well, circling back around to Loki, let's sum up our uh, our opinions with a star rating, if you will. Oh, two and a half. Okay, I'm. Probably three and a half, four. Okay. So to, what would it take to average that completely two? So you're two and a half, Mr. Just go zero, so it's, like, <laughs> so it's like averaging two. Yeah, but he wants to go to a negative. No, no, no. Negative 42 and a half. All right, so you went two and a half. You said four. I said three and a half, so that's six. So what are you trying to average it at? Two and a half? You have to give it one and a half if you're trying to average, average it right down the middle. Right down the middle to average it out to a one and a half stars. So a two and a half star show wait, average. Way to base it on your thoughts. <laughs> okay, let me get the advocates. We'll figure out what Lance's. You know what? Where they fail mostly is that I was already excited for Doctor Strange. I didn't need the setup for it. No, I think most again, people I, that aren't into comic books that I've talked to, because I I know a lot of people who watch who watch this who are not into the comics. Yeah. We're thoroughly confused. I think it's more setting up all the the other movie franchises like X Men and and Fantastic Four. I think the Doctor Strange is going to further this and take you into that stuff because more people go to watch you, that. So that's what's going to lead you into X Men. I think and, they may and it... or Fantastic Four, but I think actually Black Panther should lead you into Fantastic Four. But that's just yes. Uh, Ant Man is going to be the start of Kang. Yes, Ant Man is going to be Kang. And that's going to be Quantum which, which Realm, is, which and that's is, going to introduce... That's is, where we're going to find out the TVA is Quantum Realm. Which is more going to explain the, the, the multiverse, too, I think. That's what that's going to set up, too, is the explanation you got of Spider-Man, which is going into the Spider-Verse, yeah. which is going to be cool. Uh, I'm excited for that. You've got Doctor Strange into the multiverse with uh, Wanda. And that's I think that's cool. where they're going to start, like said, setting up I the think, X-Men. I think the X-Men are going to come out of that, most likely, and... I'm guessing that uh, Fantastic Four would come out of Black Panther, which would be nice juxtaposition because Black Panther started in Fantastic Four comics. All right, well, we're doing Loki. We've spun out of Loki quite a bit. Get a little bit of a break, and then it's, it's what if or whatever. Mm-hmm. What if or whatever. They should just a couple of a uh, couple of weeks. All right, well, some of us are thankful we're done with Loki. 
I know I am. Some of us are waiting for season two. Some of us don't care. Yeah, I'm gonna. You're gonna need to find another old geek for season two. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I'm ta- you can you you're can take it for the team. You're gonna you're gonna you you're can gonna bring take Rich. It for the you, team. Can, you can t- we'll can have I, Rich I, call in or something like that because I ain't watching. Can I do that with some of the Star Wars things then? Can I do that with this podcast? <laughs> Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! So we are following the latest Star Wars offering on the Disney app, and that is The Bad Batch. And we watched episode 11, Rescue on Ryloth, which is a continuation of the previous one, which again involves uh, Harrison Dula. Exactly. And uh, she, uh, I didn't re- I didn't realize that uh, Omega had given uh, Hera the uh, secret-coded channel or whatever that the Bad Batch use, but she calls uh, the Bad Batch back to rescue her parents. Great little episode. It was, it was, it was alright. I liked it. I liked it better than the last one. Of course, seeing Hera is always a big deal. Uh, I like when they bring back characters. To some of us. Some of you. Used people. Rebels was a great, uh, great little show. Uh, I'm sorry you didn't find the joy in it. I haven't got to you the bitter, joy yet. Bitter man. <laughs> First season is so brutal. I can't. I know. But um, great backstory. I don't know how they're going to tie it all in later, because you go through seven ep- uh, seven ep- uh, seven seasons of Rebels, and and you're like, wow, that's a whole lot of Hera with no mention of. Did she lose her accent? I don't recall her having she a French accent. No. She did. Okay, she did. Yeah. Okay, I, I, for some reason, it didn't stick with me, but okay. They just wear off eventually. Yeah. No, she lost it. You were right. Okay. Yeah, she did not have the French accent that she had, which I thought was really interesting. Like this was almost like a World War II story, where it was like it was France right after the occupation or something. Right. Like they that. didn't surrender fast enough. <laughs> Great. Now we lose our French listeners. We have French listeners. Actually, we don't. Okay. Because they apparently are. We're not gonna lose them then. <laughs> okay. Anyways. <laughs> I, I I am enjoying the world building that's coming from this. I the I thought the the thing that I thought was interesting was that the admiral uh, Rampart or whatever uh huh like was relying more on the stormtroopers as opposed to the clone troopers. Yes, I thought that was really interesting. Yes, and and you kind of see the the, the start of the betrayal of the clone troopers with this, where yep. well the, you know this is what we fought for. The the I didn't catch his name, but the clone trooper with the the, the turquoise yes. trim or whatever basically says I'm not gonna I'm not gonna betray the Rylothians or whatever, and he gets arrested. And I thought that was really interesting. You're starting to see the Empire kind of dicking, you know, turning into the Empire. These these this bunch of dicks, you know. Yep. Yep. Getting rid of the ones who got him there. Yeah. Uh, because they realized that what they did. It was not what they were fighting for. Was not um, what they got, but a good episode. I mean, it was. Uh, I thought it was good, solid. Got some good yeah. action in it. Got the the oh, I'm just learning to fly, and excuse me, and I, you know, that the was whole I want to be a pilot thing. It which actually I had the Bad Batch in it, so I was happy about that this time. Uh, the Bad Batch light episode I thought was kind of fun leading into this, uh, and even with the Bad Batch in it. It's still, the focus was more on Hera and Omega. 
Which I can't figure out if it's Omega or Omega. Well, it depends on which, both. which accent are you... Yes. Because in uh, the Australian accent they're using for, it's Omega. Yeah. And if you're like... Uh, I think James Bond, even like in like one of the ones with Daniel Craig, he says his watch is an Omega or whatever, you know. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, and then like Hunter calls her Omega or whatever, because he's got like the the tough guy Harrison Ford accent yeah. or whatever. So. <laughs> Didn't know there was an accent, but okay. Yeah, a lot of accents in this show. So yeah, solid episode. I don't I don't know that it kind of middle of the road like a three star episode. It it pushed Rebels. It was more. Um, Gave you backstory on Rebels. Didn't do a whole much for or a whole bunch for Bad Batch, except that Crosshair is still coming for him. So well, up oh, I thought that point, was uh, yeah permission to hunt him down, sir. Yeah. Permission granted. I thought that yeah. was yeah freaking badass, dude. And that he knew the Bad Batch well enough to know. No, no they weren't going to go. Yeah, yeah. Where to where to find him? Yeah, or not to leave. Yeah, not to leave. Yeah, this exactly. isn't their target. Why well, do you plus, say that? Plus, he was standing right outside where they were come out. Yeah, he was like they're coming this way. And, yep. So he knew him, and that was yeah. cool. There's going to be the, uh, we get a hold of crosshairs, and we take out the chip. I honestly think he's such a good bad guy, I think they're going to stretch it as long as possible. You know, the problem is is that they're already done. So it's not like now they can look at it and go, oh, we yeah. should have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't rewrite the cartoon, you know? I yeah. Mean, it's, no, it's... I gotcha, I gotcha. Well, the reprogramming goes bad. Yeah. He really was a dick. <laughs> it wasn't the chip. He, he was worse than yeah, that. It, was, he it wasn't worse. the chip. It was, he's a dick. Uh, yeah, he is a great bad guy. He's he's yeah. uh, very... Um, <clears throat> what's the bounty hunter? Help me. Cad Bane? Yes. He's very Cad Bane. He's always got the thing that he's chewing on. Yeah. and He's very Cad Bane. Uh, he, let's put it this way. As far as Star Wars as a space western... Those are the two most... Cad Bane and him are the two most Western, Western guys. Yes. Yes. Very much so. All right, so we're still liking this one, boys? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, like I said, the Harris stuff did nothing for me. Ah. Like I said, it looked like it was going to become bad, bad school for wayward women. And uh, <laughs> like, oh, great. Now she's oh, going to no. be part of the gang. I did think the, the first flight thing was kind of fun. Because she's a, a phenomenal pilot later. Yeah, but you never flew one of these. You want to get up in a helicopter? Also, it gives you a more of a timeline for how long the rebellion went on. Because we missed that. Uh, but because Hera is <coughs> older, yeah, and they're still fighting, and they're still not even all together, but it's much more organized at that point. But it took that long. Yeah. Uh, that they've been rebelling for yes. years, you know. Yeah, decades. Yeah. That made it interesting to me. So so again, the world building and seeing what the Empire's doing and how they're fucking people over and how they become hated, I think is cool. Where the rebellion starts is not a rebellion, but little pockets on each planet that suddenly come together. Yeah. Uh that's that's cool as shit to me. All right. Cool as shit. <laughs> Look at me. All right, that's Bad Batch. Let us know what you think. Tune in next week. Same geek time, same geek podcast for all new, all different material. Thanks a lot for listening. And hey, keep on geeking on.